I'm colorblind prof, so purple and navy uh, look very similar to me. Um, you know, some greens with a bit of uh, blue in them look very much like some blues with a bit of green in them to me. So, when, and, and can I tell you, folks, when I'm driving around Brisbane with Matt, it's uh, <laughs> my sphincter is never more puckered tightly. Oh, mate, than, traffic lights. Than you know when we're ordering traffic lights. Like, shut up. Yeah, um, it's the top. The top one's red, isn't it? <laughs> it's not that bad. Just don't let me buy clothes for you. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. They have also been bringing you this. This is Good Brews Week, and I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and it's a pleasure to welcome back my co-host, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. It's always good to, uh, to join you a day earlier this week, so if any news breaks Thursday, we're screwed. Well, no, we can always do it again. <laughs> uh, listen, I'll just warn you too, uh, you know, uh, weather forecast, uh, severe heavy thunderstorms and rain, and we've got a tin roof. So sometime in the next hour, we're supposed to be getting absolutely pelted down here in Melbourne. So if uh, if you get a bit of background noise, it's not, um, you know, a compressor at a brewery that often, well, here, yeah, oh, right on cue. I don't think you can hear that, but um, it's, it's just started pattering at the moment. So thanks very much for that, uh, Adelaide for sending that across. Um, Matt, not a great big week this week in beer, but um, some exciting news nonetheless. Oh, Matt, I, I, I don't know that it's not a big week in news. Um, it's There have been some big stories um, that have created quite a bit of discussion. Probably not as uh, boisterous a week or as uh, hurried a week, but there's some uh, good stories and some big stories. Yeah, and uh, breweries tending to, uh, to behave themselves. So perhaps, you know, on the back of last week's big story. Uh, now, is there any, any follow-up from that, because I did hear that uh, Nick Warming, who we did speak about last week from uh, from Southern Bay Brewing Company, had resigned as CEO, but had not necessarily resigned a position on the board or as a director. No, well, he's a co-owner, so you, co- you, yeah. you, so, you, so you wouldn't expect that. Um, oh, just and... to get some some feedback, you know, from people saying, "Oh, is he really that?" And I thought we'd better just just clarify that. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's resigned as CEO, so no doubt he's still involved, um, but. Yeah, um, what, what that means and, and, and what it means if somebody resigns anyway. You know, d- despite what a lot of people say, I think there was a f- fairly quick ownership of the issue um, from the brewery. It, it did have that usual, if anyone was offended. Well, yes, they were offended, um, but even if people weren't offended, it was the wrong thing to say. So uh, that, that, that aside, they do seem to have, you know, been fairly fulsome and sincere um in, in their apology and they you know you, you can only hope that they've taken it on board yeah uh making news this week matt will fly through the headlines uh local boy makes good uh, glenn, glenn fox has been uh, announced as well we've described it as the new charlie bamforth so for those who don't know the the chair uh the ab is it the ab InBev now it used to be the anheuser bush chair at uc davis we probably should just confirm whether that the name changed or whether it's the Anheuser-Busch side of the business that's still... I'll uh, tell you what it is. It is the uh, Glenn Patrick Fox. I only know him as uh, Glenn Fox, so they're being very formal. Um, a senior research fellow at Australia's University of Queensland will become UC Davis's new Anheuser-Busch Endowed Professor of Malting and Brewing Science. 
on July 1. Fox succeeds Charlie Bamforth, who held the position from 1999 until his retirement last year. So, um, look, th- th- that's big news. Given the sort of huge presence that Charlie Bamforth was in, in, in the beer industry, the Pope of Foam, um, and a huge uh, you know, contributor he was to our work over the years, whoever was going to replace him was going to be news. But the fact that it's an Australian um, researcher is you know, very exciting. Yeah, local, yeah, local boy made good. Um, should we now? He is from the uh, malting side of things, isn't he? So would he be the the Baron of Bali? Replaces the Pope of Fun? Ah, I see what you did there. The Bishop of Bali. The Bishop of Bali. <laughs> so um, yes, yeah, so he uh, he has a strong research uh, background in cereal chemistry, grain science, and advanced analytical methods. Um, that is uh, applied to the understanding of malting and brewing process. So, uh, yeah, no, certainly I think um, Charlie was a brewer um, who, who went to the position and really made it his own. Um, we probably shouldn't or needn't go into it too much uh, because I happened... Here's one that I prepared earlier, Prof. Um, by the time this goes out, you will have heard all about the uh, conversation uh, with uh, Glenn Fox in Beer as a Conversation. Um, I was surprised. I had never met Glenn, even though he was literally in my backyard, I met him at, a, at, at um, Tom Shellhammer's, Dr. Tom Shellhammer's uh, presentation a couple of weeks ago, and he just happened to mention his appointment. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was very excited about that and recorded a podcast. But you can hear all about that um, if you haven't already uh, in the podcast channel. Yeah, another another string in the bow for uh, the Australian, the burgeoning or the maturing Australian beer and brewing community. Exactly. Yeah. Not all uh, beer and Skittles. Sometimes it's beer, like that one. Um, sometimes it's Skittles. Um, ABAC finds against another craft brewery. This was the story about Cheeky cheeky Monkey. Uh, cheeky Monkey, yes. So, you know, look, oh, look they, these things are always a little bit hard to report on, Prof, because on one hand, you don't want to be pointing the finger at a small brewery like Cheeky Monkey. It's not so sort of saying, you know, it's not a cheeky... It's something that the industry needs to be aware of. Um, and Cheeky Monkey... Um, has had a determination against it by ABAC um, that, you know, finding that um, its labelling was potentially uh, appealing to children. And this is a really, really uh, interesting one, Prof, because they pre-vetted with one of their beers and uh, the, the judgment said that they got a negative result on that. But even then, they went with... Negative being good, as in they didn't find anything... No, 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 no. So the finding was against them. Oh, okay. The the, the terminology was it applied for pre-vetting for its West Coast IPA prior to the complaint, which was rejected. So the labelling was rejected. Um, Oh, okay, sorry. Yep. Yeah, so um, now I I don't know the full story about that. um, And so we probably need to speak to to Brent um, once he's had a chance for it to sink in. ABAC looked at the packaging in response to a uh, negative complaint, like a, a complaint um, against it, and it's got a monkey on the on the label that was accused of looking like Curious George, the the, the children's cartoon. Um, <laughs> like every other monkey. Well, like every other monkey, but like it was a cartoon, and it's a really technical finding. So I would encourage anyone who's listening to this that works for a brewery to go and have a look at it because. It really gives you an idea of how complicated these things are, um, because to, to my, I'm colourblind, prof. So purple and navy um, look very similar to me. Um, you know, some greens with a bit of uh, blue in them look very much like some blues with a bit of green in them to me. So 
When, and, and can I tell you, folks, when I'm driving around Brisbane with Matt, it's uh, <laughs> my sphincter is never more puckered tightly. Oh, mate, than, traffic lights. Than you know when what order they're in. Traffic lights. Shut up. Yeah, um, it's the top. The top one's red, isn't it? <laughs> it's not that bad. Just don't let me buy clothes for you. Um, <laughs> or Hessian. <laughs> or Hessian, yes. Let's let me tell you a funny no, story, no, folks, no. about the time that Matt God, has it's, 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 the the it's the news prof. We want to know no waffle. <clears throat> of course. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Hessian's not green. But anyway, so the, the finding was um, that some of the packaging was okay, some of the packaging wasn't, and it came down to the colours. Now, to me, you know, I, I don't get that. Um, but... No, well, yeah, is there such a thing as a children's colour? Like if it was in a pastel, do you say, oh, that's fine, that's for hipsters? I, I and you know. say it's, you know, bright, flu- bright fluoro, it's for under, I don't know, under yep. 20s. And look, the, the one thing I'll say, look, um, Cheeky Monkey has cooperated with ABAC throughout. They're not signatories to the ABAC um, code or the, uh, which is a bit like an ATM yeah. machine. Uh, there yeah. isn't a signatory to ABAC, um, nor is the Independent Brewers Association. So they're under absolutely no obligation to follow it, but they have. They've done everything right, um, you know, in terms of cooperating and doing the right thing. And uh, Brent, uh, um, you know, said was very supportive of the decision. So we, we can discuss endlessly, as has been going on in the Facebook group, about the decision. But the point is that when you've got a self-regulating code by the government, uh, sorry, by a self-regulating code that isn't run by the government but's run by the industry, that is still grappling with these sorts of issues, could you imagine what it would be like if government legislated any of this? So the, the important thing is it's an industry code. The best thing that the industry can do is support it because the alternatives are always going to be far far worse. Um, whatever holes you can pick in the judgment, um, it would be far worse if there was one imposed on, particularly when you when you consider that any government code would probably have people like uh, FAIR on the board um, because they are so loud and have the government's ear. Exactly, uh, which leads us nicely into a story about FAIR. Um, uh, actually, actually, Prof, just, just before you move on, I, I will also add... Sure. We did record the labelling panel um, at Good Beer Week um, in the, the Cryo Malt Trade Hub. Yes, uh, we've been thanks gradu- to our good friends at Kickstar. Thanks to our good friends at Kickstar. We've been gradually uh, trickling those things out. It has been a wash, you know, flood of uh, podcast content, which is awesome. And uh, But that one was ready to go today or last night regardless. And it just happened that ABAC dropped their thing yesterday. But it's very, very timely. We've got um, Steve Hendo Henderson talking about his um, issues with ABAC. And it's a very forensic analysis of um, his problems with his... Uh, uh, what was it? It was... Um, uh, gingerbread Maniac. Gingerbread Maniac. Um, Which was a, a Gab's beer. A Gab's beer. He goes through all of the issues, and some of them are very, very surprising. And again, anyone who's in the in, anyone who's in beer marketing, um, you know, brewing, you've got a business, check it out because it, it just shows you uh, how important it is to really understand um, and even look at pre-vetting because you can have so many problems. And if you think that the ABAC... Um, code doesn't matter because you're not a signatory to it. If you've got a business that wants to get ranged in Dan Murphy's um, or you know Liquorland stores, they are signatories and so they're bound to it. So if you don't comply, your um, distribution um, is going to be potentially worse. And I think um, it's fair to say that uh, Endeavours. Uh, code Endeavour, Endeavour Drinks Endeavour Drinks Group, which is uh, not, Dan not, Murphy's. Yeah, not- 
Yep. Not, not, yep. not, a, yeah, not Endeavor Drinks Group. Their code goes even further than ABAC because um, they want to avoid any potential problems. So go read, go read the. Uh, we've we've linked to it in the article, um, and then also listen to the podcast. Um, and I've included the uh, PowerPoint that goes with it, and also the the um, Hendo's infringing um, label. Yeah, it's, it's good to have that as Hendo talks through it. It's great to have that on the screen in front of you so that you can have a look and go, okay, I wouldn't have determined that that was an issue. Um, now that I look at it, yeah, I still can't or I can, whatever it might be. It's it's a very interesting, uh, as Matt said, a, a forensic investigation into how ABAC uh, looks at, at complaints and, uh, yeah, how it can affect you, your brewery. You may not be ranged in Dan's or BWS or anything now, but presumably you want your business to grow and you just want to make sure that you don't have to go relabeling stuff. And as um, we had a question in the Facebook group uh, this morning, Sarah Gall asked if that was why Keju crush cans are different. Um, and the short answer is yes. Um, yeah, exactly the same process. Yeah. I, I don't know whether they pre-vetted though. That, that no, be, no, 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 they, they, they didn't pre-vet. Um, I think it came to... Now, I, I don't know. I've got no inside knowledge of this other than I believe that it changed around the time that they wanted to get be ranged in Dan Murphy's stores with Keju Crush. Um, and there was some issue. Yeah, so it would, that was when the label changed. And so I'm assuming that there was something to do with that. Um, last year at Brucon, tried to speak to the guys from uh, Keju. They declined to to speak about it. And apparently they got a little bit upset when I mentioned it in an article um, on Brews News without calling them out and it just pointing that this was something that the industry needs to know. Um, so yeah, again, I don't expect to get any confirmation um, out of them, but that's my understanding. All right. Cool. Uh, so now, uh, Fair's having a crack at ethical vodka. Uh, look. <laughs> can we, hey, Joe, can we isolate that as a sound effect, please? <laughs> <laughs> Matt's just a sigh of frustration. <laughs> that and the, what, what, what is it, the flog voice? Yeah, that's um, it. Um, yeah, th- this was one, uh, Fair, we had a bit of a crack at um, last week. Or, yeah, look, we, we had a bit of a discussion, but... Um, they are for for a group that calls themselves a foundation for alcohol research and education. Um, they are more and more getting into the public media as anti-alcohol campaigners. They're not edu- you know education to me isn't um, leading the charge against something because education should be unbiased. Um, now. To to this one, um, it's a story called Ethical Vodka, You Must Be Taking the Piss, Um, and we can name-check our good friend Shane Jasprizza for sharing this with us, who's based in the ACT. Um, There's a business called Cheers Mate Vodka. It's called Ethical Vodka because they give a percentage of their profits to research for cancer. Now, this is... You know, this is one that Fair could quite, you know, to coin a phrase, fairly get involved in a discussion around this um, because fundraising, using alcohol to fundraise for a range of charities is a little bit fraught. And I know that the guys from uh, Jimmy Gold, who was organising the Bar Runners, which was a group of runners 
to raise money for um, for participating in the City to South race in Queensland, and I think Beyond yeah. Blue was the yep. charity. They declined. Um, they didn't want to have anything to do with the fundraising, or they wouldn't endorse it because it's alcohol, and alcohol is obviously. Um, you know, whether it plays a role or there is an issue for people who suffer from de- depression in being involved in alcohol. It can be a contributing yeah. factor. Yeah. Um, also, range of cancers linked to uh, to alcohol. So you need to be very, very careful. Um, you know, and, and that is a very valid discussion to have about it. But, of course, uh, the FAIR has come out and absolutely, you know, with the head, headline... Um, it's being marketed with a straight face as the world's most, most ethical vodka brand. This is akin to promoting the world's most ethical oil spill. Now, this is Michael Thorne, um, the head of FAIR. When that's the opening line, you know that you're not getting any balance out of it. So, In the week that good friend of the program, David Neitz and Jamie Fox, who yep. run Brewmanity, um, are doing a similar thing. The, for those who don't know, David Neitz, uh, champion AFL footballer, captain of the Melbourne Football Club back in the day. He started Brumanity not long after he, he left with a, a, a there's a couple of guys, a couple of ex players, and there's some other uh, business people who created uh, helped create uh, Brumanity as a brand. Uh, and they've just announced that they're about to do a, if you like, a collab brew for the Melbourne Football Club with the proceeds of this one going to, and I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, the partnership will be based on a fundraising model where 100% of proceeds will go to the club and the brew sold exclusively online through the Melbourne Football Club and Brewmanity websites. And Brewmanity will also continue their support of Fight MND by offering a fundraising package that aims to add to the $250,000 that Brewmanity has already raised in support of the cause. See, that's awesome. And, you know, like it's, it's been something that, I, that I've had sort of uh, grapples with over the, the, the last couple of years. We, we do drink beer, um, you know, people you know it's something that that, the people do so if you can um use uh the the healthy uh form of consuming beer um you know which is in moderation you know responsibly all of those sorts of things respectfully sensibly respectfully and raise money that's awesome um and it really comes down to messaging and the 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 responsibility around it and those sorts of things and you know I, i think that's awesome because it is a great way for people to do it, and we are seeing more and more businesses starting to use um, that as a as a form of uh, fundraising. Um, recently, Crafty wrote a story on craft beer coopery, which they released a book. Well, they've released a book, but they have been sponsoring. So it's basically a beer of the month club. They raise awareness, and it's designed around having a conversation. Um, around these things so you know when blokes get together um they can have a chat over a beer um about depression or or things those sorts of things and on one hand i sort of think you know that's awesome it it is very true but there's just part of me that gets a little bit cynical uh, about it because this is a business it's not a charity um i don't think any money goes to a charity they insert brochures from different charities or different uh you know causes causes yep. in, into their pack as a way of doing it but ultimately it's a business that is trying to use a feel-good purpose to market their beer and make you know for example their beer of the month pack different from um you know beer cartel or uh just by inserting um a little bit of uh um you know, but their, their whole marketing is uh, around that and i i've not written about 
that particular one because I struggle with that and I sort of think, well, you know, I, I don't know the merely beyond um, sticking some literature in, in, in your Beer of the Monk, Month Club um, that that's creating, a, you know, making a difference. And then you've got guys like James Grujon who I don't know are harder working bloke in the industry who gets a, you know, he goes to brewers, gets a beer contracted for him and he's got the Great Barrier beer, he's got the Pintail um, Ale for the RSPCA, he's just launched a deal with um, Adnams and a percentage of everything that he sells goes to the RSPCA or the Barrier Reef um, research and he is completely transparent with the amount that he's raising and and what he's doing, um, and you know that's a little bit different for me. So it, it's just really really hard. And I guess everyone needs to educate themselves a little bit about the the, the various models and what they support, and don't just jump on it because it, it, it's it's got a certain angle that they're that it, they're trying to promote. Yeah, and our oft co-host uh, Zoe Ottaway from Totem Marketing often talks about that brand story, that what makes your beer that little bit different. And this is one of those great examples where you lean one way or another based on the transparency and, and that sort of thing. And and the two might be identical, but but if one is, is being run as a business and the other is, is basically being run as a, as a fundraiser, um, that's where that, you know, that, that little switch in your, in your conscious uh, conscience kind of flicks to on and you go yeah i'm going to lean to that one i might pay a dollar more and, and that's and then they, they know and that, you know that's why like it's just like the, the the water bottles that had a pink lead and a percentage went to to breast cancer it would you know that was a fairly you know even if it raised money it was a fairly spurious market it, it, it's trying to get you to change your purchasing habits um to do it and, and but that you know it, it's an easy way to feel good about something that you're already doing i guess yeah, no, that that's true. Um, it's probably a nice lead in. You name checked uh, Beer Cartel, of course, good sponsors of this program, uh, who do our um, mixed six pack for our uh, letter of the week mailbag, which is yeah, we haven't had a letter of the week it. that I can think of. We'll have to sort of go back. Um, we're recording this a day early, so we're not as thoroughly prepped as you know, this well-oiled machine usually is. So we'll have to go back and uh, and our, our our listeners too, Matt, do seem to be. And this is not plugging the Facebook group in any way but i think a lot of their correspondence is now coming through through that um in terms of uh questions in terms of queries in terms of statements in terms of i saw this what do you guys think um so i guess we could probably uh <laughs> basically cut and paste the facebook group and that could be the mailbag uh, every week but if you do have something else to add please make sure that you do send it to producer at bruisenews.com.au and go into the draw to win a bruise news bottle opener uh, which you know, collectors' items. I think fair to say, man. Yeah, uh, look, and, and, only because I think we're running out. We probably need to call China and get another order through, don't we? Um, I've, no. I've pretty much run out down here. I think I bought the last of them to uh, to the uh, the Cry Malt Trade Hub. Yeah, no, no, we, presented we've by still Texter. got a box of them. I just didn't put the. I just didn't take them to Melbourne because it would have been excess luggage. Excess yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not insubstantial. They're they're high quality uh, bar blades. We do have the good ones. We do have the good stuff, and they're the. I don't know. Is it like a vinyl wrap or whatever dipped? A, a vinyl, yes, a vinyl yeah, wrap, dipping, so. which is pretty cool. They look nice. But anyway, um, thanks very much to Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week and who also were involved in uh, a little bit of a compare the pair story that got a little bit of traction in the last couple of days, Matt, about um, uh, craft beer community uh, and their disproportionate number of jobs in the Aussie brewing industry. 
Absolutely, yeah. So last week we ran a story that um, they beer cartel picked up a story that we ran last week, um, which was quite which an is interesting. Fine. One. Which is fine. No, no, no. Yeah, no. It was it absolutely it was fine. It was great. Like they're, they're sharing it, but they picked up on. So last week, the Brewers Association, which is the peak body representing Australia's largest beer makers, um, sent out a media release. And can I say this, Prof? This is one of the things that shits me. <laughs> so, um, shits me to tears, Matt. It well, shits me to tears. It, it, Don't it, hold it, back. It's, it's a state of it, it's a state of um, journalism. So, you know, so much of what happens and. This is opening the kimono for Brews News a little bit, but so much what happens is completely driven by um, media releases. You know, we rely on breweries to tell us what they're doing, and we rely on you know them to send media releases to sort of outline the story, so we know whether it's worth picking up. But when you read a lot of um, publications, you pretty much reading a media release that's got someone's byline at the top of it. It's just being yeah, literally cut and pasted as and passed off as somebody's story. Yeah, and, and I've always taken the approach that if, if I put my name or any journalist puts their name on it, then it's been through a perceptional filter and they're going, you know, okay, I am a professional beer writer, um, I understand the industry, so I've cast my eye over that and, you know, have given, you know, sort of uh, filtered it to make sure that the information that's going out is fair and accurate. Um, and, and not so, just an ad. And not just an ad. Um, or, or not just like a, a very one-sided or even a factually incorrect story, as you often see. So Bruce News is always, um, just because we have a, a, a little team, um, we don't have the ability to dig into everything or rewrite every media release or, you know, sort of make a story out of everything. But we do get a lot of media releases that come through that, um, you know, you sort of think, well, okay, I've read that story. That is actually of interest to our readers. Um I don't know what else we would add to it. So rather than just sort of rework it with exactly the same information, we'll put it out as a media release. If it's news, it goes in our news headlines and goes out that way. But it's always labelled media release. This has come from the brewery. Um, so the reader knows um, when they read it that it's not us saying this. We haven't filtered it. We haven't used our journalistic uh, integrity to you know, vet the story this is the brewery saying this about itself, um, which I think is the most honest and transparent way to to get those things out there. Um, but anyway, so stepping back to the um, Brewers Association story, uh, the Brewers Association put out a media release celebrating how many jobs the beer industry claims, celebrating how much tax is paid um, and all of those sorts of things. I thought, well, that's interesting because I've just read that... Um, you know, AB has said that it's got 46% share of the uh, beer market. Um, Lion has 35%, so that's, what, 81% between them. Coopers has 6 So you're looking at sort of 86 87% of the industry through those three, and yet they're only claiming to have uh, created um, 2,390 jobs out of, you know, 6,000-odd. Gee, that's interesting. So dug a little bit deeper into that and got the got the figures um now that's created quite a bit of discussion um particularly since beer cartel repackaged that um and has shared that you know small brewers are actually massive employers of uh of jobs oh sorry i thought you were (laughs) Uh, yes. No, sorry, yes, sorry, Prof. I, I just realised that this has been the match show, when I wanted to uh, to, to, to to let no, 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 you join. I was, in. I was, that was, I was a very on, long summary. I was on tenterhooks, and I was just waiting for the for the catch. Uh, but, I caught you out there. I thought you'd gone to sleep. 
No, not at all. <laughs> I thought you died. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it was... It, We've spoken about the numbers uh, through Craft Beer College at uh, at Gabs, the, the the various sessions. Those sort of numbers have come up in terms of uh, just how how big an employer is. And and look, the cynic can argue, yeah, it's because we're massively um, uh, overpop. You know, we're, we're what's the word? Um, we're very inefficient. We we need a lot more people Small to make brewers. the same. Yeah, yeah, to, to to make to make the beer that the that the big guys can. But there is nobody out there who wouldn't swap. Uh, you know, two staff for a, a more efficient canning machine. You know, because if we were feeding them about it, we'd say, "Well, let's employ, get rid of the canning machine and and let's create three more jobs by having a you know a forehead manual filler, you know, oh, with, yeah. a, with a hand, with a hand capper or something like that." So it, it's not that. Yeah, yes, we, we we do have some inefficiencies, but on the positive side, yes, we we do employ more people. Because we we do need to, and it, and it's you know we don't have the efficiencies that the the, the 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 bigger guys do have. The only thing, one thing I probably would point out, Matt, just for to our good friends at Beer Cartel, who are great sponsors of the show, uh, but perhaps choose a more up to date picture to illustrate. <laughs> the and I only say brewers. that because because the first three that I noticed of the independent brewers uh, was Scotty Vincent from Matilda Bay um, or you know, ABI InBev. Um, to, behind him. So behind his uh, right shoulder uh, was Andy Mitchell from Australian Beer Co. And uh, across on the same row on the other side from Andy was uh, Chuck Hahn from Hotel <laughs> Brewery. All, all good people. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and nothing wrong with the beers and all that sort of thing, but just in terms of – there was a really great picture of um, the judges at this year's um, Queensland Beer Awards. You probably could, you know, that, or, or even last year. I don't know if there was a, a group photo from from last year's Indies. I'm sure there would have been. You know, there, there always is. Just jump on the IBA website and go back six months. But yeah, so so it, it was, um, yeah, probably unfortunate. But let, let, let's not that get that photo. Let's no, no. not let that photo get in the way of the bigger story. Um, exactly. But exactly. but actually, on, on, on that prof, one of the reasons that I, you know, it, 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 and again, I wasn't having a go at the big brewers by saying it, but they are incredibly well funded, and they're a little, and the Brewers Association particularly isn't an education group, just like Fair isn't an education group. They're a lobby group, and they're lobbying for a cause. They're beholden to their members in the same way that a, a, they're advocating, a publicly listed company is beholden to their shareholders. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and no criticism of that. But when you come out and you know, and people have quite fairly said that, hold on, aren't you celebrating inefficiency by celebrating the number of jobs that small brewers? Yes, absolutely. But it's a little bit disingenuous for the Brewers Association to say, hey, we create all of these jobs, but not too many jobs. We don't want to create too many jobs because that would be inefficient. And then saying, you know, actually, the, the, more than anything, the thing that sort of made me laugh was when they said the billions of dollars that, um, you know, uh, beer drinkers raise through tax. So they're celebrating the uh, economic contribution that beer drinkers make to tax um, through paying excise and the excise contained a deposit, all of these things that brewers collect from us as beer drinkers, but brewers don't actually pay excise the way that the Brewers Association. So they're celebrating the, that, but then Lion and uh, AB InBev haven't paid, or SAB Miller as it was then, haven't paid tax in Australia despite billions of dollars in revenue. Well, they're not Australian-based companies. But that's you still pay tax in Australia. 
If it, even if if you are registered in Australia and your business contribute, look now I'm not a tax lawyer, so maybe uh, one of our lawyer friends can correct me on this. It's the way that they have structured Julian, Bar- Julian Barclay will know someone. I don't know that he's a tax lawyer. Um, no, he's not, but he'll know someone. He is um, from yeah, Ramsey Lawyers. They all, they all hang out together. They do. <laughs> yeah, they've got a club. Um, but yeah, no, you know, just because you're a, uh, just because you are based overseas doesn't automatically. But you know, like SA, like AB InBev is restructuring themselves to be. It's an Australian listed company or an Australian registered company that's owned by an English registered company that is owned by a company that's registered in the Cayman Islands that is then owned by a company that's in England that's owned by a company in Belgium. That's how you get away with not paying tax in the country. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. that you've got you to pay the tax somewhere. The but yeah, why wouldn't you choose to pay it in the country that says, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll charge you 11% you know, company tax rate or whatever, or, and or the, no another one says tax. ours is 50%, you go, well, I'm taking the 11 or I'm taking the none. Oh, no, no. Again, I'm not going to argue with you. And, it, like, it's not for me to sort of decide that. But when you choose to celebrate how, you know, how awesome we are for raising money for the good people of Australia through collecting tax on their behalf, you sort of think, well, okay, if it's so important that people pay tax, why don't you? Yeah, that, 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 that's the only point I'm making. And again, look, Prof, yeah, with, no, with, exactly. with, with all of these things, you know, you can sort of, you know, they, they can market however they want. Um, but, and, and as consumers, um, we decide what matters to us. They, they could do with a brand refresh, though, it's fair to say. A, a little bit like in the same, you know, the, the first story we came up with. with, um, with Absolutely. Yeah, they're they, they, they they're now going to need to perhaps look at uh, relabeling. Well, they, I'd imagine that they bought a lot of cans that now aren't compliant with the ABAC code, what would you do, Prof, if you were in that situation? Matt, I would jump straight on the dog and bone and call Rallings labels and stickers on 1300 852 235 to discover a more efficient way to get my small batch canning labels done. Well, how could Rallings help in a situation like this? Well, Matt, I'm glad you asked. They have these, um, they're like a sleeve, and a, a, like a shrink wrap sleeve. So you could take an existing can. You don't. It doesn't even have to be a, a blank one. You could say, "Oh no, we've got too many of these," or "ABAC doesn't like these." Oh, well, don't worry. Um, Rellings labels and stickers will get you a sleeve that will go over it. Shrink wrap, bang, job's done. So you don't have to throw out your cans. You can just, you know, no, that's right. You might wow. want to check that your new labels are also uh, being pre-vetted. I'm sure that actually. I wonder if Rallings have a service where they can sort of uh, maybe there's a suggestion. Maybe we can. If they don't, they should. They should. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, look, I I reckon. I reckon the guys at Rallings would probably, if they sniffed something, I reckon they'd say, "Look, we're not just going to go ahead and print these. We would. We think there might be a." An issue with these, and and not not in any way making light of the um, ABAC story. No, no, not at all. But it was just a really nice way to do a seamless. It was a seamless. Well, we've got to look after the supporters, Matt. Otherwise, you know, this, this thing just it, it just doesn't work. And, and I will say, Prof, that, uh, yeah, as, you know, as Bruce News gets bigger and we've got, you know, a, a couple of staff, we've got uh, um, a couple of writers, we've got a full-time producer, all of those sorts of things, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's actually a business. It's not just some guy in his underpants um, anymore. It's not just you and I um, doing what we do. And uh, we do thank the people who make Bruce News possible um, through you know advertising and sponsorship, and uh, I, I will say, Pete, that the people that get what we do are people that you probably want to be doing business with. Hundred percent, particularly those ones who who sort of chip in a bit as a 
I don't know, for want of a better word, I guess we use the word supporter. Supporter. But but yes. don't necessarily, you know, want mentions or, oh, look, you know, I don't expect a banner ad. I don't expect you to, you know, do your hilariously funny and seamless um, promotions during the uh, the podcast, that sort of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So they, they deserve special mention because they're anonymous, which is yes. kind of a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. intuitive. But anyway, you anyway, know. That, that's enough about us. Mailbag. I just want to say that because there's next, nothing in the mailbag this week, but I just want to see if Joe put in the little bloop. There, there is, well, there, there is sort of a mailbag um, for us this week. And again, this came to us oh, through... Yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so you were going to do that? Were you, were you no, no, no. We, I, stepped, I, we, I think we're probably both thinking of the same thing, which was kind of like a little bit of beer karma. A, a little bit of beer karma. Now, um, one of our listeners, um, and I can't... Mo Bishop. Mo Bishop uh, shared with us Steal This Beer, which is a podcast that we've recommended uh, our good friend John Hull, um, and it's a, it's a great podcast. And Well, I think it was at a, uh, it was one of the other listeners who originally put us on to, and we happened to have already listened to it, but then Mo Bishop shared the post that Steal This Beer had in turn. Steal This Beer was tagged on our Facebook group. We listened to it. We mentioned it last week on the podcast. That led to the Beer Healer um, listened to it and uh, celebrated on his page, um, yep. which tagged Steal This Beer, and then Steal This Beer in turn shared it, thanking us. Beer Karma. Let's just say Beer Karma. Beer Karma, yes, yes. We, we, we paid it forward, and it came back to pat us on the back. Yeah, yeah, no, which was really nice to see. And, it, and um, it is an awesome podcast. Actually, the one other thing, Prof, oh, look, this is a little bit in-house, um, but I did share a couple of logos I was just going to mention that. Okay. That was the, uh, as you say, as the Australian Brews News was what started it all. We then radio, so radio, yeah, Australian Brews, and news. then we decided to do the the podcast side of things. So that became radio, radio Brews news. news. Radio Brews News then split off into Beer as a Conversation, which is our chat with a, a beer personage. Yep. And Brews News Week, yep. which you're listening to right now, became the weekly news sort of thing. So rather than, and it was confusing. I guess. So well, for those was, who work visually, it's great to have a, a logo that signifies which one's which. Just because I dodged up that photo of my iPhone with a podcast playing just so we had an image to put into, you know, it's a highly visual medium Facebook. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we've just sort of come up with a, like Radio Brews News is still the overarching channel. That's what you subscribe to on your favourite podcasting service. And then, but each of the shows will have a little one. And um, the, the other one that I didn't share is we also have Radio Brews News Live, which is, you know, four hour Gabs Live, our Rov- roving record. Could be a week. I'm off could next week. Trade week. Hub. Uh, I'll be recording over at Western Australia uh, Trade Show, the, the Western Australian Brewers, uh, what is it? Wobba. Wobba. Good Beer Week. Western Australian Brewers Association Beer, uh, beer week. week. Yeah. Um, I'll be over there recording some uh, podcasts uh, over there. So, and that's all Radio Brews News Live, and you'll love that logo, Prof. Oh, excellent. Okay. No, I haven't seen that one yet. No, no, you haven't seen that one yet. So, uh, yes, it, it's, it's, it's very, very uh, cool. I wait with bated breath. But, yeah, so that was just – so. but thank you to everyone who sort of gave us a little bit of background um, on that. It was kind of like our own pre-vetting service. Yeah, and uh, make sure, if you do see Matt, is the tall, lanky streak of pelican shit with glasses. And, and maybe if you hold up, uh, like, a blue card and a red card and say which one's which, <laughs> he says, I've got no idea. Oh, you must be Matt. Um, but come up and say – Come up and make yourself known. Say I'll, hello to him. I'll, I'll be, I, <laughs> yes, you, you'll recognise me. I'll be wearing a carnation. You tell me the colour. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And I'm gonna. We'll send a, you know, some shout outs to people like uh, like Guy Southern from the Dutch Trading Company, Pia Poynton, who's now at Nowhere Man Brewing, and Michael I think Morgan from Michael Other Morgan. Side Brewing. 
um, the, yep. the team at Gage Roads Brewing. Yep. Um, now, there's another one, too, who I, yep, I hope you do, mate, because I reckon she's great value. And her Facebook name is Hopi Tatham. And she's on the beer selfies group, which I know. I said, no, I'm still not going to join it. I said, we're not going into that again. Uh, but she's involved in the beer side of things somewhere awesome. over there. I don't know where, but she's popped up quite a few times. Um, got a great sense of fun on the on the beer selfies page, and um, and I've just realised that she's Perth based in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I thought I'd give her a shout out. Hey, Prof, while we've been doing this, and again, just to, uh, I don't want to give um, you know over index uh, our friends at Rallings. But there is a carton of beer waiting for your arrival when you come up next week for us to have a team lunch farewelling, Megan. Yeah, I did see the picture you sent of that. So that's uh, uh, so like samples of, of Relling's work. It's not just a whole heap of empty cans, is it? Or No, 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 no. no, no mate, you, sparkling you, water no, or something. No, you have a carton of full cans. Um, <laughs> and uh, to, get, to get me through a day and a half. It, 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 yes. Well, it was actually pretty uh, – well, you can take some with you because the, 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 the beer selection was pretty uh, – um, top Impressive. notch, yeah. Okay. So quite apart from the, the the labels looking good, I'm sure plenty of those beers, Matt, were made with uh, malt supplied by Cryo Malt. I'm, I'm sure they were, um, and some were also probably distributed by Beer Cartel. Some of them, I'm sure, some of them were. But yeah. um, thank, the, thank you very much for that. The, the interesting thing about it was that you've got labels that you know one of the labels glows in the dark, or it, it's designed to um, under a blue light, you know, like at a nightclub or something like that to. Um, react with that. So the the, the opportunities um, for your branding are superb. So I didn't mean to come back go. to the rallies, no, that's fine. but I was have just they, sort of scrolling they, through the Facebook page. Have they got one where the like the picture changes uh, if you get like hot soapy water in a shower on it? <laughs> no. But actually, some feedback from Shane Sprizza. They do look good. My only gripe, and it's a selfish one as a label collector, is that when writing in the shrink wrap cans, or when the writing in the shrink wrap cans goes oh, above goes a- where the tapered part, uh, the top of the can. This has to be cut off the label to lay flat for the collection. For example, I'd lose the railings from the top of the label uh, of the can in the end. Just my nerdy gripe. So I wonder, actually, I wonder whether, I'm sure before they're shrunk, they are printed flat. So I wonder whether railings may have a sideline business in selling flat pack labels for collectors. Yeah, I've always, oh, now this is, send in your cards and letters, folks. What do you think, label collectors? I reckon, like Shane says, to me, you've got to earn the label. I, I know there are a lot of international collectors out there who just constantly send things out to brewers, saying, "Can you please send me, send me you the, know, yeah. label the the labels before it's even gone on the the packaging?" Now, to me, I don't know if you're a can collector or a bottle collector, you've got to. It's got to be something that you've drunk yourself. That's that's the way I would take just yeah that's the way I would take it. If you're it. Mate, yeah, if you're mate, if you're on a you know an Australian bush band and you want to play the lagerphone, you don't go out <laughs> and go to pubs and say, "Oh, can you keep all the bottle tops for me?" No, you've got to drink those responsibly and over time collect them and then attach them to your lagerphone. Okay. Same thing with a with a label collector. I reckon you've got to buy the can. But so you're talking about the world of amateur collecting, you know, you know, sort of uh, rem- it's it's almost like a physical untapped, you know, where you can go through your scrapbook and look at beers right. that I have known. What not not here's some stuff that I've what you're talking about is the world of competitive label collecting, prof, where you want to have the biggest and the most and everything. Um, and sometimes you cut corners. Sometimes you take performance enhancing labels um, <laughs> to, uh, to to sort of get to the peak of the the competition inside the mind of the collector. <laughs> So, like, if you're collecting stamps, does it have to have a postmark on it, or can you just go, you know, buy the? the doesn't the it devalue as? Doesn't it devalue a stamp if it's got a? Um, if it hasn't got a postmark on it, it's not a stamp. It's, it's a, a piece, sticky, it's, it's a, a sticky it's, picture. 
it's a post-it note with exactly. a picture on the front. It's it's potential. It's it's a it's a it's a dollar coin in you know postage stamp form. Okay. Until it, until it's been licked and stamped and then postmarked, it's not a stamp. I think we have officially reached the point where we're waffling, Prof. <laughs> I reckon too, because uh, we we do have to just name the episode. And I thought Joe did a cracking job uh, last week with <laughs> more punk than the go goes. Yeah, that was great. Because you've really had to listen to the episode to find out how the name came about. So I think I'm just going to throw it to Joe now, particularly now that she's got so much time on her hands that she's, you know, she's a full-time Congratulations, yeah, listeners producer. may not know. If, if, um, she, I, left her, she left the, you know, the security of, you know, the corporate world of radio producing. Radio producing to, uh, not, not full-time produce for us, but to produce podcasts full-time. So if you are looking at getting a podcast produced and you like the way that Joe makes us sound... Uh, She's not responsible for the content, but she is responsible for the quality. Exactly. Um, and so well done to her. And so I'm just going to leave the naming of this episode up to Joe again. And on Friday about lunchtime, I'm going to be sitting with bated breath, uh, refreshing my screen to go, oh, what's it, what's it called? What's it called? Where's the episode? <laughs> Has the episode dropped yet? Now, Prof, what have you got uh, coming up this week? Because you're, we were recording this a day early uh, because... Yes, I'm going out to do a couple of uh, a couple of chats. I've got a couple in the can already. Some beer is a conversation with some very interesting people who are not brewers so far. So there's just a couple of really interesting ones going out to do another couple tomorrow, and then I'm heading up your way. Actually, yes. I'm going to make sausages. I'm going to make salami on the weekend. I'm going to a uh, a sausage a salami making workshop, which is a Christmas present. So that's my weekend done, uh, and then I'm coming up uh, for uh, the Radio Brews News lunch. That's yeah. So we're going to next week. So we might even try and record a podcast. Live. I think I think we should do that and introduce Claire, our new. Uh, our, we could do that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Right. Thank you, listeners. Thank you very much, and thanks to all our supporters and for everyone who listens to this and makes it all possible. And we'll see you again next week. Cheers and uh, drink fresh, drink local. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer is a conversation.